are you a perfectionist do you think perfection can be attained what is good being perfect or being better what is it that you should be striving for that's what we're going to talk about in this book better not perfect a realist guide to maximum sustainable goodness by max asaman again another book podcast today is the 8th day of my 30 day podcasting challenge so we're going to talk about uh, perfection i don't think we can ever be perfect and that's why the title better not perfect kind of intrigue me this is vinod narayan welcome to pen positive podcast and if you're listening to a podcast on any platforms subscribe and also share with someone who might be interesting and what you listen here and if you're clicked on a link then probably you should download spotify apple podcast or google and then subscribe and listen to podcast there if you want to be part of our active learning community visit us at penpositive.com and join us we meet every saturday we talk about different topics we and that's what we do so anyway let's let's get to this book now the book gave me some very interesting insights into the concept of creating more value and i consider myself a value freak so whenever whenever we do something i try to see what is the value that it creates and being an agile practitioner working with teams you always looking at uh, how you can improve the value the product with the value of the product value the product delivers for its customers or service or product what do it is and how do you create value for all parties involved that's that's important because we always talk about value for customers but then there is value for people who are building the product right so for me value is something that that's not just it's not just in a whole in any equation you should have value for every every variable that is there in that equation properly yes and i think that's what interesting insight i got from this book making decisions that would wisely allow us to work towards a better world making a world a better place and start thinking about moral and ethical dilemmas that we have when we lead our life so there are four i think there are three parts of the three parts to the book and you have different chapters within the book uh, the first part is a mindset new mindset for improving moral decision making in the chapter 1 i, I want to just read through each of those chapter in the sense just the title of the chapter and then uh, because each of the chapter titles itself give us a lot of food for thought the first chapter is better not perfect the name of the book itself and uh, the author takes us through one of the incidents that he had when he really started thinking about this concept of better not perfect and so he is at a at an event and uh, he's a vegan and uh, vegetarian 
and vegan and he meets someone and that person says yeah i'm a vegetarian but i do have egg and the author uh, a bit sarcastically tells the other person that oh that doesn't make you a vegetarian that makes you a eggitarian and then <laughs> the author's friend pulls him over to the other side and said i mean why do you have to be that mean and tells see what your that person has stopped eating meat which you think is a good thing and yes he has not stopped eating eggs but then do you have to be reacting that way to someone who's given up probably meat because even though he likes it and he is probably 80% 90% in line with what you what kind of life you're leading then why do you have to be sarcastic do you think that only if he becomes a vegetarian and completely denounces eggs and everything can he be can he can you appreciate him can't you appreciate for what what you think the positive thing that he's done and and i'm not saying that eating meat is negative or anything like that but from the author's perspective who is a vegan and who talks about which being a vegetarian and whatever reasons he has about uh, being a vegan and oh i think now i remember it's not eggs it's fish that he was having and he said he was a fishitarian instead of a vegetarian so i just i just remembered it's not eggs because there's a lot of people i know who are vegetarians but they have just egg and i know a lot of uh, my mom for one reason doesn't have egg and fish she has every other meat so Uh, so it all depends on people's taste but then you make a decision somewhere in your life probably that you don't want there are people who stop eating one kind of meat they eat some other kind of meat and uh, so there are people who don't have any any animal products and they have only only vegetables so they're vegans now the the point that he starts with that chapter is saying that yes we have certain ideology we want this world to be the best place according to us and we think there is only one way for it or we think that you have not done anything till unless you do step 1 to step 10 but what about the people who have done step 1 to step 6 that is better so maybe that is what you should strive for to be better and not really perfect and he takes us through this idea of ethics and uh, utilitarianism and an anecdote from andrew carnegie andrew carnegie you know uh, the book the library from where i get books so the library system uh, the so much public libraries in america and you you always know how andrew carnegie is connected with uh, public libraries that we have but during during his time as a business person the decisions he probably took to run his company and run his business was not probably looking back you could say they were not ethical they were not right so he he just he just puts that thing over there so that we can understand the various facets of what happens or how complex people are and decisions that they make and the impact that they have in the society now chapter 2 is about cultivating active intelligence now actively engaging in the 
best of intelligence to make the wise decisions and thereby increasing value it's not it's not accidental it is you're actively engaging in the best of intelligence and for us to make decisions that are not very short lived or decisions that have a larger impact or when we make a decision look at the larger impact it will have to the world around and that's that's what that's what wisdom he talks about and he gives us some idea of what are the barriers to active intelligence and everything chapter 3 is on trade offs yes you need to make wise trade offs because you cannot you cannot you might have a trade off made between competition and cooperation if you if you want something to happen you cannot always have it your way you need to have you need to be able to cooperate with people you cannot always just be competing with people and and that that is important because you need to have that trade off you need to understand that trade offs chapter 4 is about disrupting corruption and how corruption impacts and how do you disrupt that corruption and ensure that we have some systems in place to not be corrupting chapter 5 goes into activating your moral obligation to notice and that that was an interesting thing to me because there's a lot of things that happen around us and <coughs> sorry about that and i do these podcasts without any edits so if i'm going to sneeze i'm going to sneeze because if you were going to meet in person this is how you would you would listen and talk to me so so i'm going to i'm going to just leave it raw as it is now the the question of what is our moral obligation to notice something is happening around us maybe maybe there is a corruption isn't it our responsibility to do don't we have a moral obligation to notice when corruption happens or at least think to not get fooled isn't that a moral obligation shouldn't we be cautious shouldn't we be not just cautious shouldn't we be rational and logical in what we do so that we can catch something and and uh, uh, he in that chapter he talks about uh, madoff and and how madoff fooled a lot of people because when you see a lot of profit you don't even rationalize or logically think if that is really possible because you're blinded by by the profits by the by the by all those money that you would make that you forget that it might not be logically possible and and you miss so you have a moral obligation to notice such things now part 2 other are about points of leverage chapter 6 taking us through tribalism and in, we all we all in some way or the other we are tribalistic the other day someone was asking do you have an identity and i was saying I do have an identity but knowing that I have an identity and that my decisions my way of working my thinking is is not impacted due to my 
identity i think i think that's what i always strive for so we cannot escape the identity we cannot escape the tribal thinking but knowing that there is something like that there's a nature like that existing i think that's where probably we should we should try to think and move forward in life oh chapter 7 is amazing it's about identifying and eliminating waste wasting money wasting food wasting time whatever it is you, you need to find where you're wasting something and then ensure that um i don't i don't follow that uh, all the time there are there are a lot of things that i that i waste but recognizing that waste happens and then over a period of time slowly improving it's not perfect it's better not perfect so but always reading about what is wasted i think it makes us recognize that we can do something towards avoiding that chapter the next chapter is uh, is again another important topic which is time which is the most precious asset that you have to you have everyone has the same time but some people end up doing more with that time because probably they know what wasting time is and they are able to do things efficiently they're creating maybe you you avoid wasting time but still the value that you create during that time changes so you have to be efficiently looking at doing things that create maximum value and focus on that so that in an 8 hour period you create more value compared to a different person and uh, the chapter 9 is about uh, philanthropy now if you're going to give money to someone or an organization you want to make sure that your $1 that you're giving for a non-profit or a good cause maximum of that is being used right we always feel uncomfortable if we want to give $1 to someone and if 80 cents of that is used for something and only 20 cents reach the needy so you want to be able to give the or spend $1 where the whole $1 or a good percentage of $1 gets to where it should go so so that's that's about that chapter and then <coughs> sorry so the chapter 10 is about multiplying the value creation through others so we were talking about philanthropy right so he uh, in chapter 10 um, the author takes us through this concept of uh, someone who created a network of givers people who want to do charity and bringing them together and creating a network of givers wherein for individuals to decide which charity that they should be giving and doing all the due diligence you have this network doing it for them and in such cases there is a better chance that you every every giver kind of feels more comfortable and as a network you end up probably doing more than you individually would because as a group you also feel that you can contribute more to the betterment of the world than individually that you could do See one interesting thing as I was reading that chapter it uh, 
struck a chord with me penposty.com though i run it as a as a profit making entity the model that I, that we do is that we bring people together so that they could become active learners from content consumers to becoming active and productive learners but the intention is not to just create learners that's a first step it is it is the intention is to create teachers we should always learn something with the intention to teach and imagine if you have 50 people who are continuously learning and then they use maybe podcasting platform or videos or blogs or anything any of the available platforms and technologies and methods and they impart that knowledge to others free or paid it doesn't matter but i think i think everyone should should focus on learning with an intention to teach and tell that to someone else so while i say that penposty.com is a is a group of active learners what i want it to be is to be a group of active teachers so i think creating a network network has a as a as a very big impact on if you are looking at changes to happen in our world and final chapter is about maximum sustainable goodness everything need to be sustainable as an agile practitioner what we say is that if you're building a product writing code creating value running sprints we need to be able to do that in a sustainable pace you don't want one sprint or a two week cycle or a three week cycle that you that you do you don't want that to be very productive one sprint and not at all productive the next sprint you need to have a sustainable pace and be predictable in terms of what you can deliver at the end of the sprint goodness is nothing different if you're going to good do good or you want to do good in the world it has to be sustainable and i think it's a it's a great book to add to your reading list that are not perfect by max bazerman uh he's a he's a professor of business at harvard and i would really highly recommend this book and i'll see you all again tomorrow with something else if you really like what you're listening to please go ahead and subscribe tell your friends read my intention is to is to give you ideas about books but the real fun is when you when you read them so be content be positive and i'll see you all tomorrow thank you